I kicked you in the leg, Brett, and it felt good. It really felt good. I had a lifetime of anger and hostility and frustration. And when I laid that kick into your leg, Vince, it felt great. Welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. This is Josh Heiser, and I'm here with James Prophet. And today we are doing part two of Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. Yes, okay, so we're going to go from the night after the coin toss through WrestleMania and Josh's favorite interview segment of all time, the Heartbreak Hotel. Stay with us. Okay, so starting out episode two, we're actually going to backtrack a day from where we left off at the coin toss where Lex won and Brett lost, and that is to the day before All-American Wrestling, Vince has his second sit-down interview with Owen Hart, and Owen Hart really gives this great emotional interview about kicking Brett at the Royal Rumble, and I was geeking for this. So what happens is, you know, Vince says, how could you do that to your own brother? How could you do that to Brett? Because Vince could never imagine somebody screwing Brett just like that man. And Owen says that he had a lifetime of frustration and resentment bottled up, and he let it out in that kick. And then he gives the really famous soundbite that they use in every Brett Owen video package where he says, I kicked your leg out of your leg. (laughs) Not that one. (laughs) But he says, it felt good. It really felt good. What did you do? Give me and give give our audience, give, give our fans, give them some reason, some provocation, some legitimate provocation for what you did. When you kicked your brother in the knee, what's the provocation for that? Honestly, you want to know? I kicked you in the leg, Brett, and it felt good. It really felt good. I had a lifetime of anger and hostility and frustration. And when I laid that kick into your leg, Vince, it felt great. And this is sort of where it's becoming clear if it wasn't already, I mean, we've got heel Owen Hart now, and he regrets nothing. Josh, have you pulled your support of Owen any in light of this? No. <laughs> it's only gotten more supportive of Owen. So, you've got a brother. Have you ever kicked him in the leg for, like, screwing you at an NBA Jam match or something like that? Um, sure that happened in the past. Probably <laughs> okay. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Joe, Josh's brother's here right now. Joe... Have you uh, carried given him a, mic. a lifetime of resentment and bottled it up that you're ready to unleash in yes. a kick to the shin? Yes. Yeah? All right. If you're going to kick Josh's leg out of his leg, at least wait till we're done recording. You got it. Thanks, man. All right. So the next night, Monday Night Raw, they have the coin toss. Right afterwards, there is a Quang squash match. And this is about to be the only thing I've ever enjoyed that Quang has been a part of. What's the highlight of his career, James? <laughs> Pretty much, I think so. Owen Hart gets called on the telephone. And they ask for his reaction. And Owen says, Lex thinks he won, but I won the coin toss. Because Brett wouldn't fight me, and now he has to. And then Vince, in this great little moment, Vince is doing commentary with IRS, by the way. 
he says, you said yesterday that you were proud that you kicked your brother. Did you say that? And then Owen, gleeful as a four-year-old girl, goes, yes, I did. I did say that. And I was telling the truth. That felt so good. Yeah, he says it felt good again, and this time it felt great. Yes. Yes. IRS is cheering Owen Hart on. He, When Owen says, Brett's held me down my whole life, and I kicked him, I'm going to take his leg out at WrestleMania, and I'm going to prove to the world that I'm the best. And IRS goes, yeah, you tell him, Owen. <laughs> and then Owen goes, thanks, IRS. <laughs> so I have a question, James. Was yeah. this a common thing at the time where they would call wrestlers during wrestling matches as if the only way they could possibly talk to them is by picking up the telephone. All right, there's some funny symmetry with this, right? The only other time they really did it, they did it a few times, but the only other famous time is when they called Crush when he was about to come back from injury, and Crush would answer questions for Vince, and then Randy Savage would jump in. Savage was supposed to be his best friend, and say, like, Shaka Bra, I've got some, I've got some people that have been spies in Hawaii, and they're saying you're lifting 400 on the barbell. Is that true? And Crush wouldn't answer anything he said. Then eventually Crush turned against Savage because he said he was a crappy friend. And so they used the phone interviews with Crush, and then they used them with Owen. So it's kind of cool. You have both of the really, I think, sympathetic heel turns of 1993-1994 largely communicated through phone calls. Why? <laughs> it's just as an avenue means is to it, it. Is it because they weren't on TV nearly as much back then? I think, I mean, yeah, there was like... And they didn't make them travel as much, I guess? Pretty much. If you watch like every Superstars episode and every Raw episode and every Wrestling Challenge episode, the second syndicated show, back then, you will, if you like marathon those you'll notice a ton of repetitive themes. Like, they don't really treat it like you watch every show. Monday Night Raw is three hours now, right? And in that three hours, they'll do some recap. Well, back in the day, like, Superstars would be an hour. They'd run an angle. Wrestling Challenge would be an hour. They might run an angle, and then they'd cover what they did on Superstars. And then on Monday Night Raw, they'd kind of talk about what happened on Wrestling Challenge and Superstars, and they might do something like a phone interview. I think you're underselling the uh, amount of recap that's on Raw these days. <laughs> it might be. It's a different show. <laughs> Alright, so following the phone interview... Which, so hold on. On yeah. the phone interview, you forgot to say that he wants to make Brett ashamed and pay for a lifetime of abuse for trying to cast a shadow on Owen. This theme of Owen taking revenge, not only because Brett's looked at as the better wrestler... But really for what he's called a lifetime of abuse, later on Owen says, Brett, you ruined my childhood. You can really emotionally connect with Owen Hart and why he's so angry about all of this. I think also what's funny is at the end of this, Vince essentially hangs up on Owen. It seems out of nowhere. I don't know if it was like running too long or Vince (laughs) didn't like where he was going, but he's like, mid-thought, and Vince is just like, all right, all right, we'll talk to you later, and, like, click. That's the end of <laughs> I think Vince was sick of him. It's last year when they did the Shinsuke Nakamura getting interviewed by Renee Young stuff. Mm-hmm. used to love that stuff. Every interview would be Renee Young getting increasingly annoyed with Shinsuke, and Shinsuke, anytime he didn't want to answer a question, he'd give the, so sorry, Renee, no English, and walk <laughs> off. So this, I think, was a little bit like that. It's going to be like, all right, all right, we've heard enough. Let's get off the phone. 
Awesome. Yeah, so good. IRS known heart. Heels offering emotional support to each other in general is my favorite kind of comedy, I think. I laughed harder at that than anything I've seen in a bit. Just such a good guy. He is. He is. So, after that, the next week on All-American Wrestling, Bret Hart gets a sit-down interview with Vince, where Vince pretty much goes over what Owen said, and um, Bret mentions that fate seems to have hand a had a hand in this and he can't stop it but just maybe if he's lucky he'll be able to beat some sense into owen and they can reconcile afterwards it's i mean brett really is playing the caring brother here and you understand his viewpoint where he doesn't see himself as somebody that bullied owen in their childhood he just misses his brother he kind of says there's no other way around it at this point he's kind of just like giving up on trying to move past it with words this situation with Owen and what happened with Owen and uh, where it's taken my family and uh, I have never I, I, I promised myself that I, I, would, I would never forgive myself if I uh, in any way physically confronted or, or battled it out with my brother that was something I would never ever allow myself to do and I don't know if I can forgive the people that have uh, somehow put this thing into motion and I don't know if I can forgive uh, Owen himself, and I don't even know if necessarily that I can forgive myself. But I think it's got to the point where I got to do something about it. It's obviously not going to go away. Yeah, yeah. And this is followed up on uh, Superstars. He gives a promo where he kind of reiterates, "I never wanted this to happen. Fate stepped in, and." I can't control it at this point. I never wanted to. I'm sorry to everybody who this is going to hurt. But Owen has wanted this, and maybe this will get it out of his system. So after that, we go to the epic encounter you've all been waiting for us to talk about. Brett Hitman Hart versus Adam Bomb. <laughs> Match for the <laughs> That's right. So, Josh, the uh, I want to know, did you watch the... Uh, Comments the week before by Adam Baum in our playlist on YouTube under Brett vs. Owen rivalry number one. I do not recall. Okay, <laughs> so it's just like 15 seconds. Wait, yeah, is this the one that's like, yeah, like super short? Yeah. Like, I'm gonna destroy you. Yeah, <laughs> Adam Baum calls himself the creation of devastation yes. and then he does a job. <laughs> <laughs> So, great booking there. Great. I mean, it, Adam Bomb was not getting pushed. And then he turned face and he still did not get pushed. And catch a break. So, yeah, it's almost like he's Owen Hart when you think about it. He just needed a big brother to blame. So, Brett beats Adam Bomb with a sharpshooter. But something more important happens in this match. And, Josh, you really loved this. Owen Hart comes out and he just watches, like, the last five minutes of the match. Yeah, it's a very, like... Um you know, you're getting your comeuppance kind of, like, feeling from Owen, where he's just just excited just to watch his brother get beaten down. <laughs> um, not much interaction, just standing back there, like, kind of like, this is what you deserve, and I'm gonna make it worse Okay. Um, next time we go at it. Yeah, and that theme actually comes up again in a minute um, when we get to the March to WrestleMania, but before we get there... We gotta stop by the funeral parlor. But why? I can't understand why! And Josh, I know Paul Bearer, this is your favorite thing in wrestling at this time. I think I have to go uh, (laughs) forget this podcast. So, 
we're definitely playing clips here. But Paul Bearer, as a serious interviewer, is so awesome. Hitting, if you say so, too. Yes, hitting Owen Hart with the questions and his crazy voice, like, but why? Why, Owen? Why? So good. So awkward. <laughs> and Owen, you know, says, kind of repeats the line, he stirred up a lifetime of frustration. Going back to the phone interview, by the way, Vince asked Owen what his mother and father think. And when Bobby Heenan asked Owen about this, he kind of wouldn't talk to Bobby Heenan. This is back in November before the turn. Well, now Vince asked him about it on the phone call, and Owen says, you leave my family out of this. So he still, you know, he cares about his mom and dad. He knows he's upsetting them. And back to the bottling issue we talked about, he just doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't know how to deal with it. Right. What I think is funny is he says, leave my family out of this, but it's all about him and Brett. Right, yeah. So, I mean, obviously he meets the rest of his family, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to separate the two, (laughs) I think. So when Paul Bear asks about this, Owen snaps. But... Your dear mother and father, what do they think about this situation? Look at what is with you people. Why do you worry about my mother and father? Don't worry about them. You worry about me. This is, again, the bottling thing. It's either shutting it down and walking off, like leave my family out of this, or exploding. And he explodes off Paul Bear. He yells, what is with you people? I've told you not to talk about my mother and father. I'm telling you again, stay away from my family. And again, this is... Owen's been publicly asked this before. He does it again. The anger is there. And this kind of carries over um, to what we're going to see in the WrestleMania match when he really goes for some cheap shots on Brett. But before we get there again, the next thing on the list is an Owen Hart promo, I believe. Yes. Okay, so this is where Owen sort of breaks down his logic of one of the reasons he wants this match. Do you have something to say about this one? Um, I like how everything he says in this promo is past tense. So, Brett, you were the excellence of execution, or you were the the best there was, the best there, you know, all that stuff is always like what you have done. I'm the future, you're getting old, and I'm taking over kind of. Yeah, this is sort of, it mirrors the Larry Zabisco-Bruno feud a bit, where Larry was telling Bruno, you know, you're old, you're washed up, I'm the new model. And Bruno would kind of respond by, I'm washed up, no, you're nothing. But so, Owen Hart, like Josh said, breaks it down, you were a two-time Intercontinental champ, two-time tag, you were King of the Ring, you were WWF champ, all that made you be able to justifiably call yourself the best there was is ever will be and this is great because he's at the same time as showing how much he hates him he's also putting him over yeah he's showing that he really does respect brett and he kind of says you know you're clearly able to call yourself the best and then when i prove that i'm better than you well that kind of makes me best there is was and ever will be doesn't it um, I love this. This, yeah. yeah. So we got the jealousy angle to the feud. We got the anger, the kind of psychological torment Owen's been carrying around, and now we have the professional angle to the feud. Where as a professional, Owen just wants to prove I'm the best in this company, and I'm going to do it by beating the guy who's recognized as the best. So I do want to make a note of this. 
Owen, basically, he, like I just said, he says that if he beats Brett, everyone, everyone will know he's the best. What Owen thinks of himself still is not enough for him. This is the arrival fallacy still. So we're still in the elements of tragedy here where Owen thinks, okay, once I'm on my own, it'll be great. He kicks Brett, like, okay, once I get the recognition that I beat Brett, it'll be great. And then we all know where WrestleMania is going, and that's still not going to be enough, and it just keeps going on to the next thing. It's the celebrity story. If I just hit this level, it'll be enough, and it's not enough. And then, well, if I just get this, it'll be enough, and it's not enough. And <sighs> Owen Hart, tragedy waiting to happen. Yeah, it kind of feels like he's digging a hole, though, because, like you said, nothing is ever enough. So even when he beats Brett, the fans still don't fully respect him. You know, it's just like, okay, well, that was a fluke, and right. we'll move on to the next time where we know Brett is going to win. And if you're Owen Hart, we're... Actually, I'm going to hold that thought. We're going to talk about fate later, but yeah, that is a big thing. Um, so I do want to say that the best there is, best there was, ever will be thing with Owen, going along with the kind of resentment over Brett, the funeral parlor stuff where he just snaps... The symmetry of all of this is so, so good. Everything just plays into each other so well. All you, it's like an onion. There's just layer after layer after layer getting uncovered. And re-watching this, I know what's going to happen. I've lived through it. I've watched it all before. But I cannot wait to get to this WrestleMania match to watch it again. Do you think Vince was thinking back then that there'd be a couple of nerds and... 20 years from now they're just sitting there dissecting every single you know what I mean like he was just booking for the next show but really he was telling one big story that was really really good yeah they really were I don't think they really thought this but I will say I was thinking driving over here um, the three of us the two of us and then um, Joe who's with us we're we were all English major guys in college we just loved those ate them up we're really going into a wrestling feud the way that you break down a poem or a book in English class. We're analyzing the elements and it's kind of funny. There were characters written by some great author. <laughs> some great bodybuilding yes. psychopath. It was written by a supreme being and his name is Vincent <laughs> Kennedy McMahon. Handed down to us from the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Would that be by Pat Patterson? Yeah. Pat Patterson. Oh boy. Alright, so March to WrestleMania 10. Um, this is typically the March to WrestleMania was a special they had for a few years. It would always air the Sunday before WrestleMania. And two of my favorite promos of all time are conducted here one with Brett, one with Owen, both <laughs> being interviewed by Johnny Polo separately. Yes, classic. Yeah. So, do you have any thoughts about these? <clears throat> well, I mean, I know you probably want to want to go into this but brett's jacket when he describes that is pretty great yes um i don't remember that from when i was a kid and so i was always just like oh that's just some you know jacket he picked up at some thrift store and just kind of went with it right but brett kind of explains it that he's the ring general which is why he wears this um and he said of course says he's the best there is best there was best there ever will be mm-hmm. um it's just interesting because, yeah, he was always seen as a ring general, and I never put two and two together. That's why he would wear that jacket. Yeah, I geeked out for that line. Um, and Brett is finally 
he's heard Owen on the funeral parlor. He's heard Owen blame him for everything. He took the kick. He heard Owen on All American Wrestling. And after his initial promos where he was really, he was forlorn. Brett, you know, he, for whatever, however Josh is going to paint him, he's a loving brother. Well, speaking of which, <laughs> so also in this interview, Brett is already making excuses. So oh, what? <laughs> he has three different matches to prepare for, uh, which is a very unique way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, and I Yoko, Lex, and Owen. <laughs> and I wanted to also tell you, I was watching a lot of the stuff at the house, and my wife, who is a wrestling fan mm-hmm. not um well done by the way congratulations yep <laughs> and she just said i just don't like brett he's so bland and that's when, <gasps> while he was giving this promo that you said was one of your favorite promos <laughs> oh my of all time. Gosh. <laughs> so i just want you to know you might have rose colored heart-shaped glasses on i'm fine with nostalgia <laughs> coloring my opinion <laughs> i have no no problem with and that i'm not all. hating on brett because as you'll see in the upcoming episodes when we Break down favorite wrestlers. He's up there. Okay. I'm giving you a hard time. But, <laughs> I mean, it is interesting because promos aren't what he was known for. But I, I'm the same way, James. I love his promos and I can't help but yeah. geek out for them. So Yeah, I'm with you. And I, speaking of geeking out, that's what I did here. Where, you know, after all these months, Brett's seen all this stuff. He finally goes, Owen, I'm done with you. WrestleMania, I'm taking you out. And then I'm taking the title. So we finally get anger out of Brett. You know, it's changed from the, I just didn't want to do this. And now he's like, screw it. Screw him. He's a pain in the ass. And I'm going to remove the pain. I think there's something about people that aren't um, known for promos as they're just doing it like you or I would. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the level that they're at. Yeah. But it also makes it real. So, like, it seems like Brett really means everything he says because it's not like... He's given some Shakespearean, you know, you know, giant, whatever. Yes, <laughs> I don't you, know the right word, but you brought up in our last episode how you said Brett has the best, just like screw all of this face ever yeah. when he's uh, getting escorted out the Rumble and Owens giving his promo backstage, where he said, "Yeah, I kicked Brett. Oh, I should have done it years ago." And Brett's just like walking to the back. And now, again, you're right. You're exactly right. He talks like a real person. I think that's one of the things that made him, in my opinion, so relatable. And, again, I love Brett. He's my favorite ever. Brett, come on our show. Just an everyman with a leather jacket with studs on it. <laughs> that's right. Castles hanging down. It's because he's the ring general. <laughs> <laughs> so Owen also gets interviewed by Johnny Polo. Um, right away, the fans kick in the We Want Brett chants with Owen out there. Owen had to put up with that for so years. Loud. Those chants are so Oh, loud. gosh. It was so good. Um, almost no one, aside from Josh, seems to be on Owen's side here, <laughs> which I don't think is totally fair. It's kind of a complicated issue, you know. But the fan base, you know, everyone loves Brett. He's the Paul to Owen's Ringo. And just like Ringo Starr had more hits than Paul in the 70s after the breakup, doesn't really matter because Ringo Owen will never have that cult of personality that McCarty Brett has. (laughs) Josh, would you agree with this? Uh, This is some (laughs) weird logic, James. Um, I love Owen in this promo. As you said, both Johnny Polo. I mean, he should have stuck with the interviewer. uh, He did great, yeah. But he says, what law makes you better than me just because you're older than me? I think, talk about relatability. I don't know why kids weren't like, 
you know, scrambling just for an Owen Hart shirt or Owen Hart action figure, maybe because they didn't make them. But there aren't enough little brothers out there that <laughs> were fans at the true. time. Um, but anyway, yeah, I thought that was great. Um, just mm-hmm. Me too. Putting that sentimentality out there of you know, just because you're older doesn't mean you're better. Yeah, Percy Weasley. This is effectively it's Owen Hart versus Brett, so it's man versus man. It's Owen versus the world because he's trying to prove something to everybody. It's Owen versus himself because basically he's wrestling with something in his own head. The story is so freaking good. It's so layered and on this uh, March to WrestleMania 10 and on the Go Home Superstars and Wrestling Challenge episodes, they almost treat Brett versus Owen like the main event of the show. Yeah, it's bizarre that it's not the yeah. main event. I mean, I know why. The belt is the main event. The belt's the main event. And Owen, the to be fair, yeah, like, he event. had been a jobber. <laughs> I, and I hate to say that because he was one of my yeah. favorites. But up until November. It was a quick turnaround. It like, really was. Yeah. And they took their time, by the way, uh, building him. This isn't anything we covered in our watch along. But Owen Hart was getting a really good push post-Rumble. You know, he was beating uh, Marty Jannetty by submission. He beat one of the smoking guns. He beat one of the men on a mission. He's just winning all these matches decisively and cleanly to where you think, okay, him stressing Brad essentially had been in his head. You know, you talk about, or maybe you've read about the athletic psychology. You know, how much, uh, if you're an athlete, you know, just having something in your head can really cause deterioration to your performance. And so Owen now, he's kicked Brett. He's essentially set himself free. He's told the truth and that he thinks Brett picked on him his whole life. And now he's just free to focus. And when he's focused, he's killing it. That sounds like you're making a case for Owen Hart. It's complicated. (laughs) It's complicated. It's a really good story. So last thing on the March to WrestleMania 10 that we're going to cover, Brett Hart versus Crush. Well, we have a weed eater outside. We'll just say so. Hopefully you guys can't hear that. But, okay, so Yokozuna and Jim Cornette cut a promo here, which really means nothing, but Jim Cornette goes out of his way to mention that Owen's out to prove he's the man of the family, and I'm pretty sure he's going to do it, Brett. So whatever he, whatever's left after Owen beats you down, we're just going to pick up the scraps and Yoko's going to put you away in the main event. That's sort of fun because it makes sense for a heel to say that. And then that kind of ends up being what happened, actually. But the, I just wanted to touch on that really quick. The last thing we're going to cover, March to WrestleMania 10, Crush versus Bret Hart. And Crush is really the first side character that got pulled into this feud, the gravitational pull of Brett vs. Owen pulled Crush in. So right before the turn, right before the Royal Rumble, Owen has a singles match on Raw, Brett's in his corner, and this time it's Crush who's on commentary with Vince. So since they didn't have a lead heel commentator, they kind of rotate heels from the cast in that spot. And Crush was it for that week. He said that, you know, watching Owen, he said, you know, Owen Hart looking very impressive tonight, McMahon. He does a couple moves. I think he does a backbreaker, a sharpshooter. Crush brings up, you know, I think he looks even better than Brett doing those moves. And then when Owen wins, Crush, again, the the kind of sympathetic heel where he turned against Randy Savage, so he's the bad guy. But you sort of think he had a point a little bit. Savage should have been a better friend. It should have been checking up on him. Crush says... Owen Hart looking good tonight. You know, I consider him a friend of mine, but at the Rumble, it's every man for himself. 
And so this is a heel calling Owen Hart a friend, which is kind of a cool bit of foreshadowing to the Rumble itself. And now we got Crush versus Brett. In Owen's promo, he asked Crush. Oh, Owen Hart and Crush also teamed on Raw randomly one week before this. And then in Owen's promo, he said, Crush, listen, I know you can beat Brett. I know you could destroy him, but I'm going to ask you, just leave a little bit of him. Don't hurt him too bad. Because I want him to not have any excuses at WrestleMania. Okay, so Brett versus Crush. Pretty good match here. Owen comes out to watch Brett again, which, again, that's been a theme. Owen coming out to watch Brett matches. Paul Bear asked him about it. Owen said, that's because I want Brett to know that I'm always there, always watching, and I'm out of the shadow, and I'm about to put him in mine. And then Owen comes out to watch this match. And for the first time, he actually does something. So Brett Owen, this whole time, aside from the Royal Rumble, they've never touched. They've never had a physical confrontation. The slow burn has been really good. And so what happens is Brett gets crushed in a small package. Uh, Jim Cornette jumps up on the apron to distract the ref. And Owen Hart at the end of the aisle, just like always, this time he runs down to the ring and he pushes the small package over, crushes on top, referee turns around, one, two, three. Crush beats Brett seven days before the biggest night of his professional career. Brett has no momentum going into WrestleMania. And Brett doesn't even know that Owen did it. He, Brett just sort of looks up. He looks confused. He mouths what happened. That classic look. Yeah, that, that great look. Vince, Vince McMahon always said that Brett's the best storyteller in WWF history. And... I would not disagree with that. He does all these little things that really add a lot to his angles. Did I mention how great Brett's punches are, James? I don't think you've mentioned that this episode, at least. <laughs> they're great. They're great? Yep. I think they're the best punches in in, uh, in all of wrestling. I, I think I'd agree with you. Him or Razor Ramon, right? It's got to be one of those two. Somebody from 1995. <laughs> <laughs> so, Go Home Episode Wrestling Challenge. This is on our YouTube playlist. They have an amazing five-minute video package recapping this whole feud before WrestleMania. And I just want to bring up, since we're here, this started in mid-November. And now here we are in late March... They still haven't had a match. So we've had a good five months of just build. They went through two two of the biggest pay-per-views of the... Well, at the time, two of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. Yeah. And going into another one without anything on the books yet. Right. And then the next thing we're going to get after this is SummerSlam. You know, so King of the Ring, their story's all wrapped in that. Really, it was a full year of pay-per-views where it was all about Brett vs. Owen. So now we're finally here. The one we've been waiting for, WrestleMania. <laughs> the Linda McMahon theme. I wonder if she used we're that have theme. To take this episode down just for that two seconds. <laughs> I think that'll be safe. Do you think she used her entrance theme, the WrestleMania 10 theme, I just, while she was running for? I just imagine she wakes up every morning and hits play on like a. Old tiny cassette player. <laughs> Her alarm clock, maybe. <laughs> I would. That was my theme. I like that it was the WrestleMania theme, and then somewhere along the way, she was like, "I like that song. Make that my song." <laughs> and she's like, "All right." If you're really gonna 
say it like Linda McMahon would say it on screen. I'm going to need you to slow it down and be less convincing, okay? Oh, I like that song. (laughs) There you go. Make it my song. (laughs) And then she said, I think we need more beer drinking around the office. Yes. (laughs) And then she went, you're fired. Is the Why worst. wasn't she used more? James? I don't know. All right. <laughs> WrestleMania. T- yeah. Man, opening match. To this day, we've had 35 WrestleManias now. I think this is the best opening match in WrestleMania history. I don't know. I'm like one and a half glasses of wine in, and I might say it's Triple H versus Daniel Bryan. Okay, that was really good, too. <laughs> that would be another nominee. Joe? Triple H versus. Ultimate Warrior, or was that not the first? That was not the opening match. You meant Triple H versus Seth Rollins. That no. also was not the opening not match. Seth Rollins. <laughs> Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar is what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. That was actually... I Okay, let's talk about WrestleMania. It was a few <laughs> weeks ago. I liked that a lot, but I know it's a bit polarizing. What did you think? Oh, no, I loved it. You yeah. loved it? Yep. Yeah. You mean the match itself, or just the fact that it led off? Both. Yeah, either one. I was excited, I mean... You know, anything to push the women back to midnight to where the little girls don't get to watch it, you know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that part sucked. (laughs) I uh, was watching it with my four-year-old daughter the next day because I'm a terrible father who shows my four-year-old wrestling. You didn't make her stay up till midnight? That's what a real dad would do, No, I didn't make her stay up. She was really tired. (laughs) Okay, so... It starts with the announcer saying, introducing first from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and the crowd pops, and then Owen's music starts, and as soon as that rocket sound effect hits, the place just changes on a dime into booze. Yeah. So that, it's fun right away. Brett comes out, and he's wearing a trench coat style general jacket, which is pretty cool, and they start with the one-upsmanship just about... Who's a better wrestler? Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. This really, and this covers the angle of their feud where Owen says, I'm going to prove I'm the best. So they're trying to out-wrestle each other right away. Owen legit. Yeah. Cracks me up when he does that. When he, It's like he wins a collar and elbow tie up. Yes! Cheers <laughs> like he just won the belt. Yeah, he turns around and screams, oh yeah. At like They just push each other back like two feet. And Brett's got the older brother like eye roll. And I think he does like the... This, the crack his neck kind of chin thing. Yes, and Jerry Lawler, for all the hate he gets lately for like his stuff in the Attitude Era and more recently, he was awesome he was. as a sycophant heel commentator. And so when Owen turns around and yells, yeah, Lawler goes like, oh, 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 yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, he was great. I wish he would have stopped about 96. <laughs> Maybe, nice. Yeah, somewhere around there, yeah. So... Lock up, push away. Um, I, you know what? I like Lawler in the Attitude Era, you except did? for when he was talking the, about women. All the puppies? <laughs> no, hated that. <laughs> that was a very embarrassing time to be a wrestling <laughs> That's fan. pretty much all of the Attitude Era. It's funny, like, right, because wrestling was never more popular, and I was never more embarrassed, I don't think, to be a fan yeah. of WWE. I liked WCW more for a couple years there. Yeah, but. they did not have any. I mean, they just didn't have women on TV, so that was. And they were like the Nitro Girls, that, that's which, better than right? Like that's similar to cheerleaders, but yeah, like Jerry Lawler was not not classy. No, is that fair? Okay, that's fair. 
All right, so after the wrestling, Owen, the frustration comes out that, again, we've also been seeing in all the promos leading up to this. He gets a hair pull and just pulls Brett right to the ground. Um, they do this bit where Owen goes for a roll-up, and when he's running Brett into the ropes, Brett ducks because he's the ring general. Right. Owen flies out of the ring, and... Brett didn't really, you know, he wasn't trying to hurt him, but he just was avoiding a pin. So Owen slides right back in. He's gritting his teeth. He's shaking his head. He gets right in Brett's face. Brett pushes him back just a little, like, you know, not angrily. Just like, all right, too close. And Owen slaps the crap out of him. And that was the first, like, okay, we're done with wrestling. Now it's on. If there was any chance of reconciliation, that slap removed it. And it's full on Brett vs. Owen. This is not going to end well. I think ni- 1994, that was my first erection, James. <laughs> was it when Owen slapped Brett? <laughs> <laughs> to this day, do you say it's time to elevate the rocket? Who <laughs> <laughs> wants to ride the rocket, James? <laughs> so each guy gets a sharpshooter on, each guy reverses the other one's sharpshooter. And by the way, part of the build to this match has been Owen saying, we'd get locked in the dungeon, and I was always taking it to you down there, so you know I'm better than you. Brett, you know, never really denied it, but you kind of got the idea he was taking the high road. He just wasn't going to go low like that. But again, when you only hear one side of the story, like sort of with the Steve Austin Brett Hart feud in 97, you start to wonder, like, is there something to that? Maybe there is. And... Again, seeing Owen out-wrestle Brett some, you're thinking like, oh, okay, maybe Owen really was better. And then you'd see Brett, you know, out-wrestle Owen. You're like, oh, okay, no, no, no. That that was clearly made up. But then it would make you second-guess it again. The way that they incorporate all of the promos into this one match is absolutely brilliant. Each guy gets a sharpshooter. Each guy reverses the sharpshooter. Another plot point, Owen said he had invented the sharpshooter and Brett stole it from him. And I think Brett also just doesn't address that, right? Yeah, he doesn't. Like, Owen says... Yeah, Owen said, I know the counter, and so... I forget which one gets it on first, but... I think it might be Brett, so when Owen counters... No, I think it's Owen gets it on first, and then Brett counters it, and... But it's really cool, yeah. It makes you wonder again, maybe Owen did. He's a genius, James. He figured out the counter. He just... He is a two-time Slammy Award winner. (laughs) (laughs) So, Brett does a kind of a slingshot splash to the outside and he hits his knee and then if you go back to that phone call with Vince McMahon Owen said I kicked him in the leg just like I'm going to take his leg out at Wrestlemania well now we're at Wrestlemania Brett tweaked his knee and Owen just goes to work man with some amazing technical wrestling ripping Brett's knee apart so Josh what did you think about the vicious side of Owen Hart coming out here I love this great uh, build to it where you know like you said there was five months of build with no actual action yet mm-hmm. and when you finally see it, you see Owen just kind of unloading on Brett years and years of frustration letting out at Madison Square Garden biggest stage of them all biggest show of the year yeah he's saving it yes yeah honestly I mean I know they were there for a while they would do the thing where they would have a Pull apart, and they would. Ne- you would feel like you would never see anybody like throw punches or anything. But um, but keeping it for five months, that's that's pretty impressive. 
the I really love slow burn feuds. Like one of the criticisms of Becky versus Charlotte versus Ronda, which just happened, was that they sandwiched in way too much in like the six to eight weeks of build, and that it should have just been like two angles and a lot of promos instead of like six angles and a couple of promos. And I think that probably played to Ronda's strengths, Charlotte's strengths, maybe not Becky so much. Right. But, you know, this one, they're both so good at promos, so they could really do this. You know? They probably could have done this for another year. Yeah, <sighs> still great. Gosh. And so after all that build, all the promos back and forth, the match ends clean as a sheet. Owen throws Brett into the corner. Brett, the technical wrestler, the master of counters, lifts a boot right at the last second, catches Owen right in the jaw. Brett jumps up, goes for the victory roll, which is the way he won the 1993 King of the Ring. And Owen steps into it, drops his knees on the shoulder. No tights, no ropes. One, two, three. Brett's a... He's rough on those small packages and the victory roll. You know, any kind of time where you're just locked up in a pen, that's the way to get bread. <laughs> I never thought about that. Crush did it. Owen did it. That's the way he lost the Intercontinental title he, to the British Bulldog. He can jump up and look pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Brett is susceptible to cradles. So if anybody's going to have a match with Brett Hart in the well, future. Well, that's music. You know what? The match, the time limit should have been expired rightfully. (laughs) Brett was right. He had a good point there. We'll cover this in another episode. (laughs) So Owen Hart gets the win. And Brett, as soon as the three hits, we get two little side plays here. Owen Hart, jaw drop, kind of looks at the referee and he holds up three fingers. Like he can't even believe in himself. Right. And the ref nods. And Owen Hart does a fist pump, like, yes, yes, finally, I knew it, yes. This is maybe the most cathartic moment of Owen Hart's character in his entire career, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Okay, the next play is we see Brett, and he, again, this great storyteller, he just sort of rolls up on his butt where he's sitting up, he sees Owen's hand get raised, and he just, like, drops his head he lost to Crush the week before. He's lost to Owen Hart just now. He's about to have the biggest match of his life in about 90 minutes. And he has nothing going his way to give him momentum. And he's got a bum knee after Owen Hart just worked over it in the match. I love all of this. Yeah, it's the, the viewer's trying to figure out if, you know... He's being exposed as the real fraud that he is, or just like, <laughs> hey. you know, just a bad run of, of luck there. So something kind of cool that again we try to bring up the little things. Owen doesn't celebrate to the crowd. He doesn't throw his arms up for them to like. This win is for him, James. Yeah, this is for him. This is to prove to his parents that he's better. This is to prove to himself and to Brett that he's better. Screw the crowd. This was all for Owen, for his parents. Foreshadowing a Naito run in the future. (laughs) He doesn't care about the fans. He only cares about himself. That's right. Oh, gosh. I can't wait till we do a New Japan feud. They have some really great stuff. (laughs) So after this, Owen gets interviewed in the back. And this is the Lugie promo. The Lugie of Doom. (laughs) Yes, the Lugie of Doom. Just... 
Owen talks, you know, he says, I did it. I did what I said I was going to do. I respect Brett. He's a great wrestler. He put up a great fight, but he doesn't have, and this is a quote, a hope in hell of making it to any kind of title match. Hard H on, on uh, hard WrestleMania H. TV. <laughs> a hard single H. <laughs> so, and that's where... Would you say this is when Owen created the Attitude Era, James? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I think you're right. Or, or maybe a few weeks before where Brett said, I'll give him a, Owen a fight. I'll give him a damn good fight. <laughs> I think Brett maybe probably... Maybe brothers together. I think pr- Brett probably says GD to the camera on accident about 12 times when <laughs> different things happen. <laughs> maybe. Actually, there is this moment in Survivor Series where um, he gets pinned. Uh, Survivor Series 90, he gets pinned. He's the last one eliminated to his team, and he sits up. And he mounts the F word right at the camera. <laughs> Makes you think he doesn't always know what is, what's going on. I don't know. I think he does it intentionally. Like, okay, where's the line? I'll go right, right up to it. What are they going to do? Fire me? Right. I mean, he's the excellence of execution. They can't. <laughs> so, anyway, after that interview, next part of this thing we're going to cover, Brett versus Yokozuna. There are a few weird things I want to talk about here. Do you mind if we go into some side Of course. Parts? Go for it. Genie Garth. Okay. They Jeannie Garth Oscar award winning. <laughs> That's a negative. <laughs> they introduce her. I think she's the uh, timekeeper. <laughs> sure. And so when they introduce her, they say she plays Kelly on nine oh two one oh. How many people? And Jeannie Garth, she was not super famous, and she's still not. You know, but she was on nine oh two one oh. She's one of like ten main characters on that show. Why did they introduce her character as, like, anybody that does watch that show, they're going to know her. And if they don't watch that show, are they going to go, oh, the one one that plays Callie. Oh, Callie. Rachel from Friends. (laughs) Jennifer Aniston. That one I would always buy more, right? Because there was, like, the Rachel haircut phase. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was funny. And then the next funny part, they introduce Burt Reynolds as if he's the biggest actor of all time. Now... Huge star in the 70s and yep. someone in the 80s. He now had a sitcom, which back in the you know early mid... <laughs> we're breaking up in the food. He had a sitcom, and in the early mid-90s, that kind of meant, like, okay, you're not getting movie roles anymore. Nowadays, it doesn't mean that at all. But, again, he was a big star, and they give him the Burt Reynolds introduction like they expect the house to come down. And it doesn't. He gets a polite introduction because it's a bunch of wrestling fans. And this is mostly catered at kids. At the time, I just thought, oh, he was that guy in Cannibal Run. In the Bandit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, but Brett, sorry, Bert says he's more exciting, excited to be here than we are. Um, (laughs) Which is not true. Right. (laughs) Side also character thing for Jim Cornette I want to mention. They had mentioned going into WrestleMania that for both title matches they'd have a special referee that had to be agreed on by all parties. Okay. So the compromises in both matches are the same. And again, they were surprised. We didn't know it until the night of. But in both matches, the referees were good guys the last time they were seen on screen. But also, they were two guys that had fought a match with each of Yokozuna's opponents in the previous WrestleMania. So at WrestleMania 9, um, Mr. Perfect fought Lex Luger. Perfect was the ref in that match, and he screwed Lex Luger. And then 
at WrestleMania 8, Brett fought Roddy Piper, who's the referee here. So Jim Cornette, basically, they had portrayed him for the last nine months as kind of the mastermind. And um, it pays off here. You know, it's good storytelling. You get why every side would trust the referee. The good guys trust the good guys. And the bad guys thinks, well, deep down, he really still hates him. And that was correct one out of two times. Why, why couldn't they just get a normal referee back then, James? Because I, they always get some <laughs> flimsy, you know, like, we're just, we need to maintain control. It wasn't a um, too many stars, not enough matches kind of thing, like plugging people into roles? or I don't think so. I think it was just sort of like a fun way to bring a couple people back into the fold. I picture that now, like next year for WrestleMania, instead of being seven hours long, just every one of this. Special guest referee Samoa Joe, or so if they get the full WrestleMania entrance, you know that's going to add like another thirty minutes to the show. That's true. <laughs> Just make it even longer. Yeah, Samoa Joe. By the way, when we get to our top ten episode, stay tuned. Spoiler. Yeah, he's going to get talked about by one of us. But in the match, you know, I want to say that Brett couldn't make it to any kind of title match. Brett limps out just like he did at the Royal Rumble. More symmetry. Loving all this. Yoko dominates the match. And then we started this episode with... Actually, we ended last episode with Lex winning the coin toss and Brett saying, it looks like fate intervened. Owen Hart brought up fate and that he finally gets to face Brett. And then we're going to finish with fate here because Yokozuna hits a belly-to-belly, sits up on his knees... And points at the corner. Brett's destroyed. Yoko's looking pretty good. He hasn't really broken much of a sweat yet. And he's going to hit the bonsai drop. So he goes up to the second. Just like he has a thousand times. Puts his hands in the air. Like Again, Yoko had done that like a good on screen 10, 20 times. You know, this was nothing unusual. It's just a sign of dominance. And this one time, he loses his balance. He can't catch it. He falls backwards. Brett moves out of the way at the last second. Yoko bangs his head. Brett crawls on top, gets the three count. And the narrative that they covered, the follow-up to this, is that fate intervened and had it for Brett to be the champion again. So fate beat Yokozuna? That's the story. (laughs) Fate beat Yokozuna. Does fate have the belt? (laughs) Brett has the belt. (laughs) But the kind of cool thing here, okay... Brett wins. Lex comes out first. He got screwed at his title match. He kind of shakes his head. And then he just extends a hand and Brett shakes his hand. Randy Savage comes out next. He raises Brett's hand. Piper had gotten chased off by Yokozuna. He comes back out. Razor Ramon. And then all the faces. Tatanka, 123Kid, Bob Holly. They all come out. Smoking guns. They all you know lift Brett on their shoulders and kind of point to him and cheer for him. And while this big celebration in the show is going on, Brett, after getting screwed out of, the, out of the title the year before in a match with Yokozuna, after getting screwed in the rematch he waited seven months for by Owen Hart, you know, accidentally, theoretically, five months later, he finally gets another title match. He finally wins the title. So the evening ends with everybody celebrating Brett. On the same night, Owen beat Brett. And Owen walks down to the aisle. As he's done a few other times. Yeah, and his eyes just look dead. And he's staring at the ring. He's got his hands on his hips. And you see him mouth, you did it again. 
the night was all about Owen Hart. For two hours, Owen Hart was recognized as quite possibly the best wrestler on the planet. And then Brett is the guy who captures the belt. And all these dumb hick fans are cheering him on <laughs> like they don't understand who their real champ is. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> so in the Fallout interviews, and we'll end here, um, Brett says, Owen beat him. No excuses. But it was just one match. You know, I can't tell you how proud I am to be once again the World Wrestling Federation champion. As far as my brother Owen goes, Owen, you know, you beat me fair and square. I don't need any excuses. You were the better man in that one match. But you know, sometimes you can't always get what you want, but you get what you need. And this is what I need. This says it all. This says that I am everything I said I am. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. The excellence of execution. And he points to the belt says things are a little bit different now. Owen Hart counters by saying, I beat Brett on the best day of his career. So good at framing. Yeah. He, yeah, and it's so good. He beat him clean as a sheet, basically. You know, there was a low blow, there's a hair pull, but, you know, come on, he pinned him clean. Loogie, you know. Yeah, there was a loogie. <laughs> so Owen says, the next time I beat him, it's going to be for the title. Both guys get an interview on the Heartbreak Hotel in the following two weeks. They kind of reiterate their points. Uh, actually, Josh, Heartbreak Hotel, you're, Sean's your guy. Uh, How do you like this? So, so good. Okay. And so bad at the same time. The innuendos are just flying left and right. Which one was it where he's got a mint on the pillow waiting for Razor Ramon? Right, to accept the challenge. To accept the Big D. It's okay, Big D! Oh my gosh, I I don't know if that was uh, on purpose (laughs) foreshadowing the Attitude Era or if that was just like no uh edits <laughs> okay so on one hand i'd say it probably wasn't on purpose but on the other hand let's not forget that sean michaels made a career out of utilizing the phrase suck it yeah i mean he did so. have a stripper here as his uh wrestling attire let's see here on the heartbreak hotel he said it was just one match owen brother it was just one match that's all it was i don't need any excuses you had a great night you beat me fair and square but let's remember one thing the next time and there is gonna be a next time that you step in the ring with me there'll be a lot more at stake than just the sibling rivalry all this brother stuff there's a lot more to it now I was going to ask you if Brett is referencing Hogan taking on any challengers, because Brett kind of says he's willing to take on anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the year before, with all the shenanigans at WrestleMania 9, and uh, Hogan <laughs> getting the limelight for no right. apparent reason. For Yeah. So that match ends with uh, Brett getting salt tossed in his eyes, Yoko getting a cheap pin, and then Hogan coming out challenging Yoko, who accepts for whatever reason, and then Hogan wins the belt like a minute later. And I think, um, I can't remember if it's Owen or Sean, I think it's Sean that calls him the excellence of excuses. Right. And I mean, to be fair to Brett, like we just covered Mania 9. He never got a rematch because he wasn't the ex-champion. Hogan was. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, okay. <laughs> no, so, yeah, it's great because it sets up the Diesel feud. It even sets up the future Sean feud. Yeah. Um, just 
great it, looking. Right, it really is. These characters, you know, Brett, Diesel, Sean, Owen, they again the next year and a half it's all about it's them, all about them. really yep. yeah they're on you know every title picture every level it's so cool just seeing I mean, they're in your house <laughs> they're in your house <laughs> so if it's okay um josh i want yeah. to run down a summary of fate here okay okay all right so in romeo and juliet the which world is, champion yeah <laughs> romeo and juliet's considered a tragedy but broken down there are certain literature students like me who would argue that this story this story boils down to two teenagers and one adult the priest making increasingly stupid decisions in rather rapid succession it ends with a case of bad timing, Romeo screaming at the stars, I defy thee, symbolizing how he is cursing fate. And what I want to do here is break down the Owen Hart story and see how much of what happened at the end of WrestleMania 10 can be placed on his own shoulders. Hold on, James. <laughs> do you not like Romeo and Juliet? It's okay. It's kind of good. You know, teenagers were like 30, 40 years old equivalent <laughs> back then. Okay, I'll... Uh, do you want me to go full litany no. first? Like, no, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Romeo's poetry. Oh, the thunder just rolls. Yes. In Romeo and Juliet, the poetry Romeo states, you know, like the lines he's given, they're way dumber than Juliet's lines. And this is intentional. You know, Romeo is supposed to be impulsive, immature. Juliet's more level-headed. Right. And one of the tragedies is that, again, Romeo being impulsive and immature, he kind of... He plays no small part in setting all this crap in motion. I think the tragedy is the hate that you're spitting on Romeo and Juliet. Well, you know what? If it weren't for the freaking Montagues, I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) So, the Owen Hart story in 15 parts, okay? One. Part one, he jumps to the WWF. Good move. Number two, he gets a singles win at WrestleMania 8. Good move. Number three, he forms a tag team with Coco Beware. This was stupid. <laughs> this was Romeo coming out of him. Number four, he couldn't bring Coco up to this up to his level. So as such, he fell down to Coco's level. And he becomes a jobber. Number five, the team breaks up when they're utterly humiliated in a match with the champ, showing that they were completely out of the champions' leagues. That was Money, Inc., and months of Owen Hart's career in 1993 are possibly saved thanks to intervention from Bret Hart, who stopped Money, Inc. from beating him up further in that match. Number six. So, again, note here, Bret saved Owen and possibly saved his career. Yeah. Number six. Owen is given the chance to prove he's better than Bret in the summer of 1993 when he faces Jerry Lawler a few weeks before Bret does a summer slam. Owen loses because he's not better than Bret. Number seven, he calls Brett the WWF title at Survivor Series and Brett or at Survivor Series Showdown, and Brett just lets it go. He forgives him. Number eight, um, Survivor Series happens. Owen blames Brett for getting eliminated, saying that Brett should have known where he was in the ring, even though Owen wasn't watching either, and he ran right into Brett. And you could argue it wasn't his fault. He got thrown into Brett, but, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Number nine. He's doing all the work. But <laughs> um, you know, all Owen had... But again, Owen, one of his moves was the uh, baseball slide dropkick, right? Mm-hmm. How come he didn't baseball slide out of the ring when he saw he was going to hit Brett? <laughs> 
So instead of taking accountability for the incident, I want to start blaming Brett for him getting pinned, which really underlines how many times we've seen Brett be a master of ring awareness and how many times we've seen Owen come up short up to this point. Number 10, so Owen now decides to public, publicly air his grievances instead of, you know, calling his brother like an adult, figuring things out from there. He stops talking to his parents. He blows off the whole family. Number 11, Christmas comes around. Brett forgives Owen for doing all this on air, dragging his name through the mud. Owen, and they're reconciling, doesn't take any responsibility for what he said. He just says, maybe I said what I said. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Doesn't really matter. Number 12, Owen just gets handed a title shot at the tag belts due to his association with Brett. Uh, the shot falls through. Owen melts down. If Owen, maybe, if he had just shown a little patience, you know, let Marty and Kid prove how jam up they are, <laughs> then he, you know, maybe he would have had a better attitude. But instead, he melts down when it seems like they're going to lose their title shot. Uh, Owen Hart, you know, is appearing in the Owen Hart Whitey show starring Owen Hart and Boo Hoo. Poor right. me. What about my title shot? <laughs> so then they get the title shot back. Brett's getting beat up, and while sure, maybe Brett didn't tag because he couldn't he couldn't make it to Owen, but, you know, let's say Owen was right in how he saw things, that Brett was being selfish, hogging the glory, didn't want Owen to get a moment of glory for himself. Even if that is the case, and by the way, I'm arguing it's not, why didn't Owen run in to save his brother? He was getting totaled, happens all the time in tag team matches, and if you remember the Hart Foundation, when they one of their guys would get beat up for too long, the other one would run in to break it up because they cared about each other. They cheated behind the ref's back even when they were good guys. They rescued each other. Owen, Brett was in a great tag team, the Hart Foundation. Owen was in a crappy tag team called High Energy, and at this point, he sucks as a tag wrestler because if he was a good one, he would have saved his partner. So really, it's his fault they lost the title shot. So then the match gets stopped, number 14, because Owen Hart didn't run in. Owen blames Brett instead of himself. Owen kicks Brett's injured leg. Brett gets forced into a match with Owen, talks about his love for his brother, how he doesn't want to do it. And Owen says, yeah, he loves me, and I'm going to hurt him. And then he makes Brett lose a match to Crush a week before the biggest match of his career. And then in the match, he pulls his hair and he low blows him. And then at the end of the day, Brett loses the match, but he wins the title. And Owen Hart comes back out to ringside to say, wow, 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 but you're supposed to be talking about me. You want to know why we weren't, Owen? Because you didn't win the Royal Rumble. You were in the same match that Brett was. You could have won. You could have gotten the title shot at Mania, but you didn't. Brett did what he would have done at the Survivor Series showdown at WrestleMania 10, and he won the title. You'll notice, without Owen interfering in the match, Brett's the champ. And that is the end of that. Those are 15 reasons Owen Hart is wrong, and Brett Hart was right the whole time. Well, I got a few things, James. One, um, you called me today and asked me if I could do a podcast out of nowhere. I didn't have any time to prepare. <laughs> You've been sitting here thinking on this for months. Didn't have any... <laughs> Any reasons to... Uh, the other thing is... I'm fueled um, by two glasses of wine at this point, James, too. <laughs> or, uh, Brett did not pin Owen, did he, at WrestleMania? He did not. Did he beat Yokozuna in any way other than falling on him? Yes, he beat him with a 1-2-3 count. 
I rest my case. And also, Owen won the match, but he low-blowed Brett. He pulled his hair. You could kind of say that Owen screwed Brett. I mean, I don't remember Vince <laughs> or Brett saying anything about the low-blow. And then in the coming weeks, you know, that was fair game when the ref was turned around. You know? <sighs> Whatever. Whatever. He was a real champ. He could have <laughs> taken it like a man. So, seriously here, I am... Geeking so hard for all this. I love Owen. He's one of my favorites ever. Brett, obviously. And uh, this has all been so great. Josh, you want to say anything before we wrap this up for good? I'm mad at you, James. Uh, Deal with it. (laughs) So thanks for listening this week. And we'll see you next week to cover King of the Ring and SummerSlam. Woo!